Greetings. Welcome back to the Cape Lead Podcast. This is Chachi. Uh, still out here doing a weekend retreat, just camping by myself. Got uh, got my Jeep and my tent set up, just kind of in, enjoying the wonderful Central Texas weather. But uh, it's kind of early morning here. Just kind of want to get uh, get another podcast in. I think I'm going to take a break for another week or two while I try and finalize the uh, the first draft of my book, Expectation Leadership. But, uh, but as I'm sitting down and, and outlining, I realized that I really hadn't talked about one of the uh, most valuable aspects uh, of understanding and working with expectations because I, I've defined expectations for you. More specifically, I've defined what assumption means, what anticipation means, and what expectation means, and how we go from assumption to anticipation to expectation. Then I've also told you how to understand expectations as using them as a way to capture lessons learned, i.e. to look in the past and understand where something went wrong. You ask what I call my, my four by two, right? What was the expectation? Who led that expectation? Was it really an expectation? More specifically, was it an anticipation or an assumption? And was it realistic? And then the two questions I always ask myself after that is, was I absolutely clear on my expectations for whatever event this, this may be? And is there anything that I could have done to help my individuals or my teams find success during that? That, that ends up being my, my four by two, and that is my recipe for how to go back and capture lessons learned, understanding expectations. What I haven't explained is how to lead expectations for the future. Obviously, everything that I'm talking about is expectation leadership, right? So how do we do this? How do we set expectations? How do we lead expectations for our people and, and when, when we do stuff? And I think at face value, we all understand this in, in the easiest of terms. We understand the, the five W's, right? It it's, ends up being more than five W's, right? The, the who, what, when, where, why, and then also how. Right? So I think people understand that if they're going to give a goal or they're going to give you some, some type of event, they're going to explain those things to help you out. So the, the, the two, two main points I like to, to talk about this is I've eliminated how from that whole thing, right? The who, what, when, where, why, and then how. I've eliminated how I, I, I view it to be contrary to in, innovation, right? If I want my teams to go out and succeed, right? I don't want to tell them how to do something, right? I want them to be creative. I want them to be inventive. I don't want them to be shackled by, by what could possibly be some of my dangerously old school ways of thinking. Or, you know, if I ask some of my younger generation to get something done, they will probably do it in a different manner than I would. They're probably more attuned to technology. Uh, they have a different thought process. They interact with the environment. And, and I, I, th- this could get into a millennial conversation, but I, I don't believe that many millennials are bad. I remember some of my first supervisors getting mad at me and calling me the Pepsi generation, right? I don't know exactly what that meant other than I know that they didn't like how I was doing things. Only because it wasn't the way that they had to do it when they were my age. But that's a good thing because we've advanced, Technology has advanced. Our thought process has advanced. Our ways of communication have advanced. Right? All, all these different things give all kinds of great reasons why we wouldn't have to do it that old school way again. Right? So, so I, 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 I don't do how anymore. I, I, I will in extreme circumstances or in, in if there's something definitely specific and we're talking formatting or it has to do this, has to do that. But there's, if there's a specific reason behind it, then I will absolutely do the how. But just when we're looking at, at doing something, right, just for the, for the sake of innovation, I rarely tell people how to do something. You know, the, the, the cool part was my last year that I spent deployed uh, in Southwest Asia, the coalition forces air component commander, a guy by the name of uh, Lieutenant General Jeffrey Cobra Harigian, uh, was, was the senior air force guy in theater. And 
I knew him when he was a colonel when he was a wing commander at Holloman Air Force Base, but he is just a good, solid dude. In one of the other uh, podcasts, I talk about good dudership, you know, much more that I value that much more than I do leadership. And he absolutely personified that to a T. And he really had it down pat. And this spring, spring of 2018, he got all the senior leaders throughout the area of responsibility, you know, people in charge of running the fight in Afghanistan, Iraq, Syria, but all the, the, the senior leaders, and he had a conversation. And it was just, just a, a very good talk, and he told us, he's like, you know what? He's like, I'm sick of ramming the word, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, by the way, uh, I'm sick of ramming the word innovation down people's throats. He's like, innovation, schminnovation, right? He's, he, goes, he goes, I just want us to solve problems. And I thought that was a wonderful way to kind of cage that discussion, that argument, that mindset for how we go about innovating, right? And Steve Jobs had said it, right, to where you have to find a problem to solve and something that you're passionate about. So innovation is nothing more than that, just solving problems. So when we talk about expectation leadership and how we're going to lead our teams and we're going to lead expectations for the future, it is to solve a problem. It could be innovation, sure. But it's just to solve a problem, to get something done, to make sure that, that we are on an upward growth rate, right? That, that, that we are on that climb towards the increased awesomeness, however you want to say it. So how do we do that, right? Going back to the, the, the five W's, right? I come to realize that I don't believe in the five W's either, right? So this isn't just talking about the, you know, get, getting rid of how, because that's contrary to innovation. But, but the who, what, when, where, why aspect of things, I believe that that is very inefficient and I'd be willing to you know, bet a dollar that Simon Sinek would agree with me now that he is his whole concept of why and the golden circle and starting with why and, and doing all those things. I, I think he's, I think he's right on it, you know? So, so, but, but this isn't about starting with, you know, not just who, what, when, where, why, but then the why, who, what, when, where it isn't that it's not putting the why first. It's about understanding that the five W's is very inefficient. I'll give you an example. If I'm going to have you show up to my son's fourth birthday party that just happened uh, a, a week ago, I'm going to give you uh, the who, what, when, where, and why, right? Just, just, just as a, a simple example. So who, uh, we're going to celebrate the birthday for Ren and Pachesa. What, his fourth birthday party. Where, Chuck E. Cheese in Phoenix, Arizona. When, on Saturday, uh, August 18th. Where is the Ch- Chuck E. Cheese in C- Central Phoenix? And I'd, I'd, I'd put in the address. And then why? To get family and friends together to, to celebrate uh, you know, his, his fourth birthday. That is a very effective way to pass in information. I'm not going to say it's not. Right? You, you can capture everything. With that information, people will know when and where to show up, where, where, where to go, what to expect to do all those things. Okay, got it. But I don't believe in briefing the why last. This is why I don't believe in the five W's, right? Because the why normally amplifies the what, right? So, so why, why are we there? It goes back to the what. It's Ren's fourth birthday, right? But what if we were going to lead our teams and not do the five W's? What if I were to tell you that it's realistically eight W's to where I don't want why passed at the end? What if rather than going who, what, when, where, why, we passed the who and the why, the what and the why, the when and the why, and then the where and the why, making it the eight W's. 
it it shifts and it shapes that conversation just a little bit differently, right? So if I was going to pass you the same information about Renan's fourth birthday and pass it into eight W's rather than the five W's, let's see if you think it any more complete. Here we go. So the who and the why. All right, this is uh, Renan's fourth birthday, and this is gonna be the first birthday that Tim is going to actually be able to attend. So, uh, so we're gonna have it here. He's gonna fly in from c- Central Texas, and uh, you know, we're looking to get a, a, as much participation as possible. What? His uh, fourth birthday party. Uh, you know, we may or may not be expecting gifts right here, you know, and then I'm gonna tell you exactly what he wants to do all that stuff, uh, and, and the, the why he wants it, so you can shape whatever gifts you're, you're gonna want for him. We're gonna have it on Saturday at three o'clock in the afternoon at Chuck E. Cheese in C- Central Phoenix because we have a birthday party to go earlier during that day. And then we have an event to do later on that night with, uh, with family friends of ours in, inside Phoenix. And the, the where in C- Central Phoenix, uh, you know, we, we chose that one uh, just because it's centrally located for everybody. So I know it's not an ideal location uh, for, for one or two people, but by and large, this should be equidistant to everybody to be able to, be, to, uh, to make it there in enough time. What did you think about that? Now, obviously, for a, um, something as simple as a four-year-old's birthday, right, you're not going to have all, all that information. But if I were going to tell you that when you start talking about project management and you start talking about task accomplishment, that these eight W's are much, much better. For instance, when I passed the, like, the when and the where and I, and I put the whys along with it, I told you why it was three o'clock in, in the afternoon because if you had any concerns about, hey, why do we have to do it then? Could we not do like a dinner party, some of those things? You know, you would instantly have heard and I would have been proactive in telling you the information like, hey, we have an event that morning going to another birthday party and then we have an event that night hanging out with family friends. When I pass that information proactively, it helps you shape and understand why I chose this, right? Because you may like, why would you plan a birthday in the middle of the day, right? People have stuff to do, families are doing all those things. This just seems very impractical which I I would completely understand. But if I'm smart enough to brief you this ahead of time and let you see the factors that we're working with in order to get that done for him, then it starts to make more sense. And again, when people have good, solid expectations and they understand the circumstances and the the environment around everything, it becomes much easier to work with. So this is what I'd like you to think about, right? Would you consider stop using the five W's? And do you think it's okay And do you think it is, in fact, better to do the eight W's? Obviously, I do. But what I would like for you to do is the next time you give a task or the next time you and your significant other are going to, you're going to plan date night, right? And and you're going to, you're going to set something up and, 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 and surprise them. Just think about the eight W's and when you could put more of their whys in, because the more information people have, the better they're able to respond to you and to work with you and to understand the circumstances involving them. And again, like going back to like, you know, they're, they don't want to make changes, right? People want to evolve, right? They, they, they may suggest, hey, I can make it if we do it later. But if they know that you're busy later, then they, they completely understand that too. So I'd say, hey, just, just check it out. Try it. Let me know what you think of the eight W's. So that encompasses the majority of what I want to talk about when it comes to expectation leadership. This is the very basic concept of what I'm talking about. Understanding expectations. 
so you can build the shared vernacular of an assumption, an anticipation, or an expectation. We know how to look to the past to capture lessons learned by using the four by two. And now we know how to lead expectations at its simplest level. And granted, it can be much more complicated than this and much more in, in detail. But now we know moving forward how to lead expectations with the eight W's rather than the five W's. Again, and as always, interested to hear your feedback. So hit me up at Tim Pachesa on Twitter. Hit me up on the Cape Lead uh, site on Facebook. Uh, email me directly. Please do. Chachi at capelead.com. And as always, hope you guys are having a, a great journey towards uh, leadership learning and educate, anticipate, dominate. We'll talk to you all soon. And uh, again, I excuse the break, but I'll be back with you before you know it. Thank you.